Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we have zero qualifications to do so. If you are listening to us right now, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. That could be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. And while you're at it, go ahead and leave us a review. We would definitely appreciate those. Don't forget to check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Always Critic Pod. And today, uh, we're not actually going to be reviewing a movie. Nope. No, today <laughs> we are having the Hispanic Inquisition. Yes! <laughs> what is that, you may ask? So, me and Jessica will sometimes have random questions about movies that we'll just throw at each other just randomly. Yeah. And so we figured that today of all days is a good day to answer these questions. And yeah. so we have a list of pretty uh, good quite questions. Quite a little list here that we put together. And so we do have a randomizer, so it'll pick what number question we're going to answer. And we'll just start free rolling from there. Uh, Jessica. Are you ready to answer some of these I'm questions? I'm so ready. All Let's right. Let's start this shit. Let's start yeah. this. The randomizer is on and it has landed on the number. <laughs> Here comes number 18. Oh, so okay. question 18. Question 18 on our list, which these are questions we just came up with ourselves. They're random. What is the best trailer that feature, features a ticking sound? Ugh. So this was the toughest one for us because it feels like there's only one composer, one director <laughs> that is really doing this ticking sound thing. And it's yeah. Nolan and Hans Zimmer. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Um, and you really hear it in the trailer for Dunkirk because that movie is all about time and how much time they have. And so there's just a ticking clock the entire time in that trailer. Could you think of another example by chance? You could, you didn't have one, right? No. Um, no. You can kind of hear. I couldn't think. <laughs> There's one in 1917, a tiny ticking. Yeah, there is a ticking inside the 1917 that trailer. trailer. That comes out on Christmas this year. I uh, feel like there was a trailer, um, sorry, a ticking noise in Slumdog Millionaire, but I could be wrong. That It might be possible. I could be wrong. Very it, well. I, <laughs> Um, I think that Interstellar definitely has like this ticking vibe to it. Uh, even Inception, the trailer, because it's like, and it's just like the way Hans Zimmer plays with the, with the percussion. It's not necessarily, it sounds exactly like a ticking clock, but it does have like this ticking rhythm to it. Uh, Why do we start with such a weird question? It is a weird question, but if we okay. don't have any other answers, we could just go Let's ahead move and on. move on. Yep. Here we go. Moving on. <laughs> All right. So the next question that we have to answer is question number 11. 11. Which is, which biopic was the actor playing the person more interesting than the actual person? Okay. So I got a few here. I want to I... hear. I want to hear okay. this. I have... Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez. Selena. Oh, whoa. <laughs> whoa. 
Yeah, no, I think that Jennifer Lopez has lived way longer than Selena. And so she has way more craziness to, yeah. No, you don't say she's lived longer than Selena. What I'm saying is that she is way more interesting than Selena. Up until that part? Or you're saying that the actor is more interesting (laughs) than the person they're playing in real life? Yeah. Okay, so I understood this Did question you take just it a slightly, way? slightly different. Okay. I thought you were framing it as: Did the actor in the movie present us with something more interesting than what okay, the well, person's actual case, life was? In that case, I would say Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon and Walk the Line. I are thought about way that way more interesting than. Johnny Cash and June Carter. I thought about that, but Johnny Cash does have a pretty interesting life, going to jail and doing all this stuff. Uh, the one that kind of came to mind for me is Jesse Eisenberg in The Social Network. Because no. there is no way Mark Zuckerberg is interesting as a person at all. <laughs> but Jesse Eisenberg Jesse creates Eisenberg. a compelling character out of Mark douche. Zuckerberg. No, but it's a compelling character. There's no oh way God. Mark Zuckerberg is that interesting at all. I find the social network so forgettable. Ooh, no. Ooh, no. Yeah. I cannot wait till we get to our <laughs> best of the decade coming in January. Best of the decade list because uh, I'm Absolutely sorry, but not. that is wrong. So, no, you're wrong. No, I'm not. So name me one beautiful scene in that movie. Oh, my God. I can name <laughs> so many. Oh, God. I can name the... Uh, the billion dollar scene uh, that involves Justin Timberlake. You can uh, uh, when Eduardo comes in and smashes the computer during uh, while Mark is trying to code. You have the entire. Do you hear yourself? They they have the entire death position. So and so smashes a computer while someone else is trying. Yes, to Yes, it is great. And then there's the <laughs> other scene where Mark basically tells them, "If you invented Facebook, you would have invented Facebook." So. There is, and that's just the start of it. There's so many no, other scenes that are just no. amazing. That's a conversation for another day. But so, can you hear? Can you see my eyes rolling? Can you see them? Incorrectly, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, I can. Uh, yeah. Let's move on Moving. to the next question. So yeah, we're gonna move on to the next question here. All right. So now we are going into question number. Eight. Question number eight. Okay. Which Disney which villain? Disney villain is right. Oof. I struggled though with this one because <laughs> did you? Because I kind of like gravitated towards it. Really? So, Go ahead. Yeah. Go first. So I felt like Maleficent and Hades had the same trajectory, wherein they didn't get invited to a royal newborn's party, and they're super bitter about it. And I kind of felt like I get that. But outweighing both of them is Captain Hook because st- being stuck on a freaking island with all these children out here, bro, I feel that. that I, I feel that. That I so, agree with. Yeah. So Captain, Captain Hook. Hook. Yeah. Because he's just the pirate living his life. And yeah. out of nowhere, a little kid, Peter, starts freaking flying around, gets like, his hand cut off, and then yeah. feeds it to a crocodile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have grievances as well. Seriously, grievances. I I was going to try to make arguments for certain people, but their arguments kept falling flat. So, mm-hmm. like for example, 
I thought about Isma. Yeah, from, Isma. Yeah, because <laughs> yes, she is a tyrant of some kind. But would she have been better for the kingdom than Cusco? Oh, I see. You know, uh-huh. that's one. Um, I thought about Gaston. Hold on. <laughs> you can't. You can't. Yes, he's see. a douche. He's a huge douche. But I thought the fact that he was rallying the town against an unknown beast that could cause harm to them. Get out. But then, Get you know, out. he had Bell's father institutionalized <laughs> and, you know, he was doing it all because he's a bit he has a big ego. So that didn't work. Yeah, no. If we are going to toss in Disney Pixar, mm-hmm. I did have two. Okay. Uh, there was Syndrome. I thought of Syndrome too. Syndrome just wanted yeah. to be a hero. He yeah. wanted to be a hero. But then I was like, then he's out there murdering like exactly. heroes. Genocide so of an entire mm-hmm. super species race. Yeah, Not no. a good look. Bye. And finally, the last one is Mr. Water News from Monsters Incorporated. Stop this is it. a guy who just <laughs> wants to protect and save monster land. He knows okay. that the humans could be a threat. And so, does he kidnap a girl? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there could be Was a... Was he going to extract screams violently from children in All masks? to save his monster land. He's thinking about his people. <laughs> I and think we're, we're agreed. Captain Hook, though. Captain Hook. I do have one last one, and it's uh, Shreer Khan. Oh, Shere Khan. Shere Khan from... Yeah. Jungle, Jungle Book. Jungle Book. Look, he knows humans suck. They're going <laughs> to ruin the jungle. So he knows not to trust this human being. Oh, so, my God. Making a case there for Shere Khan. Boy. All, All right. right. So those are who we think are right. But Captain Hook, obviously. Captain Hook. Because kids suck. water, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> because kids suck. Really. Because kids suck. All right. Uh, the next question that we're going to answer is question number 17. What are the what worst is... wigs on a movie character? Okay. I have a bunch. I have a few. Okay. John Travolta and Pulp Fiction, 100%. So you said John Travolta, but I have another movie with John Travolta. Oh, and it's what's... John Travolta in Swordfish. Oh, you're right. That is oh something. Oh, my God. That is god awful. Yes. Um, this is a tie for me. Taylor Lautner and Kristen Stewart in the Twilight. Oh Saga. yeah, no, both of them are pretty bad. Um, pretty bad. I just thought both of them Dismal. were awful. Um, another one of our favorite guys, and in I mean this ironically, uh, Nicholas Cage in Ghost Rider. Like he has a full head wait, of hair. Wait, wait, what about his movie next? Oh. <laughs> That's another one. That is another one. Well, that's a bad one. That's a bad bad one. Um, I I don't know which one's worse. Oh, Jessica Alba and Fantastic Four. I had that one on my list, too. Oh, my God. That's bad. Because you see the roots. You see everything. Like, they did a terrible job on it. Awful. Um, I have two more. I have. Okay, so do I. Anne Hathaway in Brokeback (gasps) Mountain. When she's blonde, oh my god! When she is blonde, (laughs) the hair is like super poofed up. Like you can tell she has hair underneath her wig. Oh no! It's it's really bad. There's volume where there shouldn't be volume. Exactly. It's pretty bad. Uh, What's your next one? Halle Berry and X Men. Oh yeah, the one with the the long wig. 
I think I it's all think of them. particularly the the one where it was long. The hair. really long one, yeah. That yeah. that one's pretty bad. My last one is basically the entire cast of The Big Short. <laughs> I've never seen The Big Short. Steve Carell, uh, Christian Bale, and Ryan Gosling are wearing some of the worst <laughs> hair pieces I've seen, and it's okay. distracting. This one, this one takes a cake though. This one takes a cake. Which David one? Bowie, Labyrinth. <laughs> oh man yeah that's a pretty bad one oh, that's a bad one you can't come at me with that wig I'll shut it down 100% remind me of the babe alright uh, I think we're done with the wigs I think these are really bad ones if if anyone listening has some other really bad wigs that we didn't mention let us know at alwayscriticpod alright next question Question number 19. Okay. Yeah, this is this one came from your brother Miguel, actually. It did. How, how did we get the term bombshell when referring to an overtly sexy woman? So this is a term that came in the 40s, pretty much. From yeah, what I because was um, in reference to a pretty woman, according to etymology.com or online.com, of in reference to a pretty woman of startling vitality or physique, air quotes, especially a blonde, it is attested by 1942. So by the 1940s, this term was in use. And Bombshell is the title of a movie starring blonde U.S. actress Jean Harlow, and that movie was released in 1933. So So it just started to build from there. Yeah, it built from there. Because I guess... They definitely made fetch happen, because... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yes, they met. <laughs> they made fetch happen. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good one. Not gonna lie. All right. So, what is our next question? Our next question is number four. Four. Okay. What movies have you walked out of, and why? <laughs> okay. So, my answer will probably be different than yours. Okay. As to why I walked out, it's the why. That I walked out. Okay. Um, so back in 2004, okay. <laughs> I walked out of the movie Spanglish with Adam really? Sandler. I walked okay. out. Not because I didn't like the movie. Oh, okay. But it was more because that I was just starting to see a girl at that time. And so we just decided, you know what? Instead of spending time in a movie where we can't talk or anything, we just walked out and we just went to the mall that was attached to the movie theater and just kept walking around and then had something to eat. So it wasn't because I didn't like the movie. It's because I had other interests in mind. You had a date. No shame. Okay. So mine is, I have a couple. Year one oh. from 2009. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that yeah. movie sucked. Yeah, well, I think I got 20 minutes into the, not even, maybe maybe 15 minutes into the movie. And we just like walked out, walked out and walked into another movie because it was so like dumb as dirt and like bad, just so bad. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, so bad. Um, the other mo- one. Hold on. You have more than one? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I walked out of Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. <laughs> <laughs> 2011 I said I went to see it by myself and I was in college and I was like nope we're not doing this and I walked out <laughs> oh my god oh wow that's the one with Penelope Cruz yeah, where and they she's only like pregnant film, yeah they're filming her from basically like the torso up 
yeah. so they don't show her pregnant. Yeah. And there then is you one c- other movie. Oh, you have a third. Okay. That I should have walked out of. Oh, okay. I was so pissed Which when one? this movie finished. It was the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was live. I have never been so livid walking out of a theater because I paid money to see it and I wanted a refund. Yeah, that's I that's have never bad. been so mad. Oh. Uh, a movie that I considered walking out of and we watched it together. It was Greta. Uh, from <laughs> earlier this year, I considered <laughs> but it. But Greta, you, you, yeah, you really hated Greta. You yeah. hated it more than Serenity. No, Serenity still has like <laughs> ironic, funny parts. Value. Yes, it does. So Greta wow. is just like a flat trash. trash. Just like nothing to gain from it. It's awful. <sighs> so I. Any other movies? No, no, because, that's it for me. Okay, <laughs> I just done. wanted to double check with you. All right, let's go ahead and answer our next question. Our next question is question number 10, which is, which Disney movie can vanish and no one will miss it? Sequels don't count. Okay, so I kind of went, because Disney is so large and there's so many um, smaller studios underneath it, I kind of just went with classics, Mm. um, whether it was Disney animation or live actions that were clearly, Uh, like, from Walt Disney Studios or whatever. So, for anime, I have a whole list for animated. Okay, gotcha. Um, I I have four movies that I... Really? I I kept it at the animated side. Okay. Uh, So, I have four movies and... Honestly, two of them are so forgettable that I don't think people even realize these are Disney movies. So okay. I don't think anybody. What would are care. what are yours? Like, tell me your. Father. So one of them is Brother Bear from like two thousand and three. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, just like a yeah. big like shrug. Toss it in the trash. Uh, Home on the Range, which is another <laughs> one from two thousand like five. That's a okay. Disney movie, guys. Yeah, yeah. Now, if we're going with classics. These are a couple, and maybe there's some pushback on these. I don't know. Uh, the Fox and the Hound. I had that one on my list, too. I just don't think anybody really brings it up at all as like, oh, my God, I love Fox and the Hound. <laughs> like, you never hear that. That's right. a, That's a sentence that doesn't get uttered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, The Sword in the Stone. <gasps> take it back. No. Take I, it I'm, back. I'm not going to take it back because oh my God, this is, you rude. I mean, it's not really a good King Arthur story. No. Uh, oh, and, my God. And I think that it's forgettable. Such a, oh, my God. That is so close to me. And, like, I love it since childhood. Sorry. I have a freaking, I can see in a bag that I'm that's sitting next to me, there's a freaking VHS of it because we have a bunch of VHSs for some reason. Oh, God. Sorry. Okay, mine... <laughs> you should be sorry. So, the my animated ones are The Rescuers. I thought about that one. I thought about that one. I'm throwing out Bambi. 1942. Oof. oof. Great Mouse oof. Detective from 86. Okay. okay. And Oliver and Company from 88. Okay. So, I... Th- I think this is a very good like look at what entire because period those are can from be. A, yeah, those are from... A certain period. I think a lot of movies from like 75 to 88, right around mm-hmm. there, yeah. are just like forget, like just forgettable. It's awesome. Yeah. Just, it's now an entire I do era. Have some, I do have some bangers on here. So com- for as far as computer animated, mm-hmm. uh, A Bug's Life. Okay. From 98. Okay. I could see you giving Bolt it. Bolt from 2008. Oh, yeah. Get, get that out of here. 
Get the hell out of there. Okay, Wreck-It Ralph from 2012. Whoa. Yeah. Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, it's gone. Really? Yeah. I thought that was a very good movie. No, I strapped a rocket to it and it's out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That's not to say I don't like Wreck-It Ralph. I just think it's extremely forgettable in the grand scheme of things. Can I add a question here? What? If you had to get rid of a Disney princess. Huh. If you had to get rid of a Disney princess, which is the one that's going? They're done. They're gone. They're out of here. Ooh. Um. Hmm. Because I, there's a few that I think are on the short list. Okay. Whoa. What are yours then? Of ones that you could just get out of here? Yeah. Pretty much? Okay. <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. All right. So one that I have I don't feel any personal attachment to and I know a lot of people love her and she has some banger of songs too. Like she has songs okay. that are okay. just knockout. But I could care less if Pocahontas <gasps> is gone. Oh. I could care. Less. It's like You're a monster. You're a monster. It's like, eh. oh my god. I was thinking Tiana because I feel really bad. Her movie's not that strong. Yeah, uh, I, I thought about it too, but I just want to hang on to her because we have so little diversity. Really? And you're gonna take out the Native American? Really? Bye. Oh my Bye. god. I think we have too many blonde princesses as yeah, well. Yeah, we get rid of Cindy. Uh, Either her or Sleeping Beauty. One of those two. One of them's got to oh, go. Oh, yeah. One, one of them's got to go. I think both. Both? They okay. can both go. Yeah. Both can go? Okay. Yeah. Uh, ones that are safe no matter what. I think Belle. Mulan. Mulan. Uh, Ariel? Is yeah, Ariel like... Yeah, annoying, yeah, too. Yeah. Um, hmm. Eh. Uh, Rapunzel? From Tangled. I really like Rapunzel. Uh, I think Mandy more friggin' slays. And yeah, those are like the safe ones. Like we're not yeah. touching these. Mm-hmm. Jasmine. Yeah, she's safe only because yeah. I'm midriff got her. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, going going back to the last couple um, live actions that uh, Disney movies that can vanish and no one miss. Uh, the Haunted Mansion from 2003 with yes. Eddie Murphy. Yes, get rid of it. And uh, this might surprise you. Enchanted from 2007. What? No. Yeah, gone. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Amy Adams is fantastic in that. Come on. And I haven't seen her, like, in anything else. She's really not a Disney princess. She has no value. I see what you're saying. Okay. Anyway, I think Let's Enchanted is super forgettable as well. And mm-hmm. this is one movie where, like, why the hell did they have Adina Menzel in the movie and she's not singing? Perfectly Riddle reasonable. Me Riddle me that. Very <laughs> credible question there. Uh, yeah. I can't really argue with that. Confusing. Next question. Next question. We have question number six. Will there ever be a better vehicle for Julia Roberts? I wanted to ask you about this. What do you mean by better vehicle? Like for her to star in, for her to... Yes, because I don't think that she's found like a good role for her necessarily that's as good as the ones that made her famous. Yeah, the answer is no. Um, the answer is no. And I think honestly, I'm not sure if Julia Roberts is in the market for a new vehicle. So... No. I mean, she's she's doing she's doing TV. She's right. she's on an Amazon show. I can't remember the name of it 
off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, no, shit. Look, everybody has like their high peak time. And she had it. She had it with Pretty Woman. And then she had it again with my best friend's wedding. My breast. Yes. My <laughs> best friend's wedding. My best friend's wedding. Yeah. Um, those are t- like any actress would kill to have one of those. Right. She has both. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see anything else that would be better than that in a career. In a career. That's what mm-hmm. I mean to say. Um, so, yeah, I think I would be happy with that if I was an actress. I would be happy with having those two movies in my in my IMDb. So, all right. Uh, let's go to the next question, shall we? All right. Question number nine. Was there ever a better live action remake than the original animated movie? Yeah. Which one? Um, two for me. Oh, you two. have two. Okay. Yeah. 101 Dalmatians from 1996. Is better than the original. 100%. Glenn Close as Cruella is it. inspired. Inspired. Uh, cannot compete. Cinderella from 2015. Because with, it outshines. With Lily James? Yeah, you heard me. Okay, I, I just... I <laughs> just wanted to make sure I heard that correctly. The original Cinderella is pretty dated. Yeah, true. And this one brings a lot more life to it and gets rid of, like, the songs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think Kate Blanchett is also, she's in that, like, realm of, like, Glenn Close as Cruella. Like, Kate Blanchett as the evil stepmother is, like, amazing. Like, I think she's so elegant and evil and, like, great. Yeah. Uh, Kate Blanchett is great no matter what. I actually was going to answer no to that question uh, just because, like, there's just been a string of, like, crap pretty much for the most part. <laughs> oh, no, that's pretty much it. Yeah, so, yeah, that I think that's pretty much it. So, next question then. Mm-hmm. All right, question number three. <laughs> Not a Disney question, by the way. Who is the new Hitchcock, Ari Aster or Jordan Peele? It took me a second, but I then I finally like nailed it down. Okay. It's Jordan Peele. Okay, so <laughs> I'll 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 say my reasoning. So for Aster, like going off of Hereditary and Midsummer, and for Peele, we're going off of Get Out and Us. Yes. Um, I'd go with Peele as well because his horror seems more accessible to the masses. Kind of like this, yeah, this kind of the same way that Hitchcock's was. So right. I felt like Peel was better in that sense. Whether yes. or not you feel it's truly scary or not, um, you know, he's, I don't know. I, you, you I really know, feel like it's Peel, though. I think that Peel is giving you more things to think about while you're watching versus. Aster is trying to make you feel certain things while you're watching. Aster's two movies, Hereditary, where you're just getting this sense of obviously horror and terror of what's going on with the I don't family. know if Hereditary has a necessary like um has like a social commentary attached right, to it. Exactly. Where Hitchcock you can yeah. you can grab social commentary was, out of his movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something you could do with Peel, 
Mm-hmm. Aster, you don't really do. Aster is more of a. You could tell that these are very personal stories to him. Mm, when yeah. he the things yeah. that he's writing, the things that he's directing, they're more personal than Peel. Peel is actually trying to say different things. He has different messages in his movies so far. So, right. I agree. Yeah. So I think so. We both agree that it is yep. Jordan Peel. Peel. All right. Let's go to the next question. Next question is question number 13. 13. Number 13 is which rom-com needs a reboot? You've got mail. You've got mail. That movie cannot be made today. Like it has to be updated. Okay. I'm not saying it needs a reboot because it's bad originally. Saying it needs a reboot because they're talking about you've got mail. mail and there's like, dial up and all that <laughs> yeah okay there's a whole generation of people that don't know what that is i get what you're saying there okay mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so i went in the direction of these were bad movies and maybe we could salvage them um Ooh. so like something like runaway so, pride <laughs> well <laughs> i didn't say that movie. one but that's a bad one uh, here's a couple that I have. So okay. there is from 2011 something borrowed with I remember watching Kate Hudson like 0.5 times. Jennifer Goodwin, I believe, is her name. Uh-huh. Uh, the whole thing about yeah. hey, this is this guy I liked, but I was too afraid to say anything, and now she's gonna marry my best friend. Uh, I feel like there's something that could be there, but this movie just did not know how to handle it. Uh, there is the rebound. Which was from 2009. It's with Catherine Zeta-Jones and Justin Bartha. Here's the reason why that movie doesn't work. There is no chemistry between those two. Because she is trying to be with a younger man. And I like the concept of having the woman with the younger man versus, you know, the other way. Where it's usually a man with a younger woman. But there's no chemistry between these two. That's the problem. That you says need, a lot. You need to – and Catherine Zeta-Jones, I mean – Mm-hmm. Come on. I know. Flawless. Flawless. Um, there is What Happens in Vegas. Oh, you don't like that movie? I don't like that the two like, of them. I, it's kind of like a guilty pleasure. Yeah, the two of them are terrible. Yes, the Together. two of them are terrible, and they're terrible with each other. Yes. Kath- yes. Cameron Diaz and Ashton Kutcher, that is not a couple that I'm watching the movie. I'm like, Who I hope they end something? up together. Yeah. No. It's like, damn, they need to move away from each other exactly state. and the final movie that i have on my list is maid of honor oh <laughs> with patrick dempsey yes with patrick dempsey michelle monahan okay. i think this movie has the potential to be something but they did it incorrectly i think you know what how this movie would have succeeded instead of like he realizes that he's in love with his best friend and now she's going to get married so he's trying to you know be in there it's a reverse my best friend's wedding it is a reverse my best friend's wedding but you know you know what (laughs) you know where it should have come from we should see the point of view of the guy she's marrying we never get that point of view we never get the tension kimmy's point of view my best friend's wedding yes exactly we don't we don't get um the scottish the Scottish Dude. guy. We yeah. never get his point of view. We yeah. never get the tension between him and Patrick saying. Dempsey. Like, what? Why is it a choice for her? Exactly. Like, why? What is she giving up exactly. if she goes with Patrick Dempsey? And we never get that. Yeah. There mm-hmm. is stuff to mine in that movie. They just didn't do it correctly. 
I, I can see that. So yeah. you had one choices. and I had four different movies <laughs> on that one. So uh, we'll go ahead and we'll move on to the next question. The next question is question number 15. Oof. This one I struggled with. This one is hard. Put together the best high school movie couple. Oof. Um, do you want to get us started on this one? Because I so struggled. What, okay, this was my method. Is I was looking at kind of like my favorite high school movie couples. Um, they had to be, in my mind, they had to be the main couple Okay. of the movie. Um, and if I liked one or both of them, I put them, like, just wrote them down on my list. Okay. And then at the end, I started rearranging them all. Oh, okay, gotcha. With gotcha. other movie um, people. Gotcha. So um, here's my first pairing. So it it's not in any particular order, but man, I don't know. I don't know. I'm second guessing. I want to hear now. this. I want to hear this because <laughs> okay. I want to know if anything that I did would even be good. Okay, at all. so I have Emma Watson from Harry Potter and Heath Ledger from Ten Things I Hate About Whoa! You. <laughs> thinking in basic terms like oh he's like kind of like a bad guy like a like a a bad boy character but he's like sweet on the inside and very intellectual and that he matched with like the goody two shoes like emma watson so hermione Hermione granger see i never even considered harry potter and why didn't i think of it it's high school it is high school they eventually get to high school oh wow um Mm -hmm. yeah i never thought of that Ooh. Okay, so <laughs> that's my first pairing. That's your first pairing, okay. Um, My second pairing is Chad Michael Murray from A Cinderella Story and Julia Stiles from 10 Things I Hate About oh, You. Oh, okay. Why Why do you think that would work? Mostly because I think that they're both... Um, I don't want to say intellectual. That's the wrong word. I think they're very bookish and mm-hmm. um, smart, but he's still a jock. Yeah. And she is very much like marches to the beat of her own drum. And I just think there's something cool about them both. Like she's a rebel and he's like really not. Yeah. So okay. I th- I, it's I kind of like an opposites. I see kinda. what you're saying. Uh, I do have, I have a pairing. <laughs> I don't think this is going to be good, but oh God. let's see. Let's see if it is. So I have, and I don't know why I'm. Blanking on her name, but Larissa Olenek's character in 10 Things I Hate About You. Younger sister, wants to adventure, wants to be out, wants to date, you know. So she needs an adventurous guy, but someone who is cool, but not not a dick. So I paired her with Ferris Bueller. Oh my god, I have a Ferris Bueller pairing too. With who? With her? No, but with someone else. It's, okay. It's someone else. Okay, but, that's fine. Okay. But so I thought Ferris Bueller, because, yes, cool. He's outgoing. He, he's and outgoing. Cool. He yeah. knows how to sweet talk his way. So if anything, he yeah, could talk to the dad. Yes. He could talk to the dad with no problem. Yeah. And then you can have her have adventures with this guy. I think yeah. they would be a pretty good couple. <laughs> Okay, so here's my Matthew Broderick as Ferris Bueller pairing, and I hate it. Like, I don't want to say it, but because you said it, I'll I'll go ahead and say mine. So it's Matthew Broderick with... No, I don't want to say it. You have to say (laughs) it. Come on. You can't just leave it. Oh, God. With Amanda Bynes from She's the Man. 
Why? Mostly because I think they were both like class clowns. Oh, you're going and that so, route with them. Yeah, huh. and they're both kind of like similar, like funky, hmm. popular, but yeah, but um, yeah. So I did it, and then I was like, no, that's not right. <laughs> but it's I not left right. it on the mm. list. Okay, uh, uh, I have another pairing. Okay, what's yours? So the first half of this pairing, you already m- mentioned. Uh, hold on, you did mention, yeah, Heath Ledger in Ten Things I Hate About You. Okay, yeah, smart guy, brooding, but with the right person, I think they could draw out of them, and really, but you need someone smart, but that can hold their own, everything like that. <laughs> I can't even like. I am deal. taking Emma Stone in Easy A. With Heath, with Heath, Heath Ledger? Ledger from Ten Things I Hate About You. I think this would be an interesting pair because I think they would be able to they would be able to like first off be on the outside looking in of like supposedly the popular kids. No, I don't like this pairing. You at don't all. like the pairing at all. No. Okay. Okay. Almost as much as I don't like Amanda Bynes and Matthew Broderick. <laughs> yeah, that one that one's not bad. I was just trying to spitball that one to see okay. if that would even fly. <clears throat> Here's another bad one and then I think I'm I'm gonna get to my best one. Okay, go. Okay, so Hilary Duff from A Cinderella Story and Daniel Radcliffe from Harry Potter. I could see it. You can? I, I could kind of see it. Kind what? of. What? But okay. you know what? Harry Potter's too, too doof, doofus type when it comes to love, when it comes to anything <laughs> yeah. involving the opposite sex. He is okay. just a So dope. I'm going to say my last one, and I think this is the best one. Anne Hathaway from Princess Diaries. Okay. And Channing Tatum from She's the Man. That's not a bad one. That's that's, a, that's my best one. That That's a really good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be hard <laughs> to top that one. Because he's so sweet because- in that movie. Yeah, he he is. He is. Yeah. Um, how would you feel? <laughs> this is not my best one because I don't I don't think I had a best one. Um, I think my best one was probably the first one that I said, which was uh, Bueller and um, and uh, Larissa Lennox character. I think that was my best one. Um, how would you feel about Troy Bolton? And- I refused to do High School Musical. Uh, by the way. Oh, okay. Because I was like, oh, let me do Troy. And I was like, forget that. Troy and Laura Jean from To All the Boys I've Loved Before. To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Is it too much? It it would work, right? Yeah. I think that there's enough sweetness on Troy's side to really like care for Laura Jean. And Mm -hmm. he's popular, so she benefits, (laughs) you know, coming. You know, yeah, it's a, it's a very similar to the. Uh, it's very similar. That's my little, only thing. Yeah. It's it's a little similar to the whole thing with Noah Centineo's character. So yeah, so yeah. that was my best effort. This was extremely tough. That was a tough one. That was I'm a choosing tough one. from my favorites, not just like you know exactly. Um, and, and then some favorites, I was like, oh, I don't really have like a pairing for it. Exactly. So I tossed it. So exactly. Okay. Um. We're going to do two more questions uh, because we're running out of time here. Uh, The next question we have is question number five. Does Meg Ryan give a better performance than Tom Hanks in their movies? 
Okay, let me let me take it. So, <clears throat> I've never seen Joe versus the Volcano from 1990, but okay. going off their two iconic movies, Sleepless on Seattle from 93 and You Got Mail 98, Meg Ryan gives a better performance, but by a tiny margin. I In think which Hanks, movie? Oh, let me explain. So, I think Hanks as the lonely and heartbroken widower like new to being a single dad thing. It was powerful, but Meg Ryan outshines him because she's so naive and her character's super zany in that movie. And then in You Got Mail, she's such a strong-willed character. And Tom Hanks, for some reason, just in my opinion, it was hard for me to picture him as this person who says all these really mean things to her in that movie. So it, it was kind of forcing it a bit. In that respect. But Meg is also super charming in that movie. Hmm. Which I think they even say that in the movie. Oh, she's so charming. Okay. So that's why I think Meg is a little stronger than Hanks. Because he's relying on his charisma. Right. To get him through. I agree with you on the sleepless in Seattle. I think she is better than him in that. I think there's moments where he even gets outshined by the sun that he has. There's moments where that kid like steals mm-hmm. the spotlight from Tom Hanks. Yeah. Um, so that right there. I don't agree with you on You've Got Mail. Yes, I will say that he does say some mean things about Meg Ryan, you know, in the movie. Uh, but overall, I don't think there's any denying the charm, the charisma, the the way he just is able to show this character (laughs) of what type of character he is yes he has to be smarmy he has to be a jerk in certain moments yeah but what what i've seen him do this in other movies as well what be the smarmy jerk no be the other thing that you said oh like charming charismatic and yeah yeah but doesn't mean that he's doing it poorly i think he's doing it very well and i think i think with meg though I think there's moments where she comes off like petulant and whiny in certain moments. Not all. No, it's not like her mother and her life work is getting, you know, no the, shut down or anything. Right. I think that <laughs> if if you're comparing it and I'm going to lose people on this one, but if you're comparing it to who's throwing their best fastball. I think Tom Hanks is. Uh, no. I th- I think Meg Ryan is throwing, you know, good stuff, but it doesn't quite match Tom Hanks in You've Got Mail. The other way around, Sleepless in Seattle. No. Meg Ryan is I'm definitely I'm thinking of even the final fine. scene in, in You've Got Mail where she's like, I wanted it to be to be you. No, I think the better part there is Tom Hanks coming fr- with the dog. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. God. That is the better. Yes. That's walk down the street and it's like the way he no, is no perfect. we're not gonna agree on this one we're not gonna agree on this okay one. fine all right uh we are getting to our last question uh i think we're yeah let's let's go out on this one and it, it's the final question that we have okay and it is what actors and actresses have the best imdb runs now for those who don't know what that means is which actors and actresses went on a run with no bad movies. Right. So, like, do you have one 
as a runner I have up. One with six. Okay, so who do you have? Because I I want to hear who you have. I have Kate Blanchett with six. Six. I never see. I went through hers and I didn't even consider her. Why? Because there's some bad movies in there. <clears throat> what six do you have in a row? We were going off of sixty percent and higher on Rotten Tomatoes, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay. I will give it that. What what so are you're the six movies? Good movies subjective. Okay, we'll just go off of the Rotten Tomatoes. What six movies do you have there? There's Hannah, The Hobbit, and Unexpected Journey, A Girl Rising, Blue Jasmine, Journey to the South Pacific, and The Hobbit: The Desolation of Smog. Gotcha. I'm not saying I like these movies. Right. So I'm saying this is her run. That's fine. So if if that's the case, There's if that's other her ones run, that I that I have runner ups that yeah. are five. And I would say that some of these movies are like subjectively, like in my opinion, amazing. Yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, some of these movies are really good. Okay, uh, so who's your your? I have a few runner ups. Person. Like I have like some that I just want to no, mention. But who's your number one? Do you want me to give you my number one right now? Yeah, just do it. Oh my god. I wanted to do some runner-ups first and build okay, up fine, to fine, it. Okay, fine, fine, fine. I wanted to build up to it. Okay, fine. All right, so uh, I want to start off with uh, Harrison Ford has a really strong five in a row. Okay. Uh, his uh, five in a row, it starts with Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. That's a great start. That's tough. Uh, then Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he goes into... <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Hold on one second. Why did it freeze now? No. Okay. There we go. Uh, Sorry. All right. So then he goes into that. Then he goes into Blade Runner. I know you don't like that movie, but that's a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Then he goes into uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. The Temple of Doom. Yikes. And Witness. Oh, I love Witness. And if you're just going based off of Rotten Tomatoes alone, he still goes a little bit further than that. Mm-hmm. He goes Frantic, uh, Working Girl, Indiana Jones of the Last Crusade, and then Presumed Innocent. That's <sighs> all shit. fresh movies. Basically, the yeah. entire decade is just mm-hmm. like yeah, hit after, one after hit. Another. Uh, do okay, you have any other ones that you that you had? I like um, Brad Pitt. Uh, starting where? Interview with a Vampire. Oh, you went on that side of it. Yes. Okay. Because Interview with a Vampire, then Legends of the Fall, then Seven, then Twelve Monkeys, then Sleepers. Okay, gotcha. Those five. Got it. I yeah. went on another end of his career. Okay. I went towards the back half of his career. Uh, the ones that I went with, I started at in what year was it? I started in 2005 on his. Okay. After the millennium. Yeah. After the millennium. And I started at uh, Babel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking of going there too, but then I was Ocean's like, no, 13, I like this set better. Uh, the Assassination of Jesse James, Burn After Reading, The Curious Case mm-hmm. of Benjamin Button. I went with those five. Yeah. In that, in that That's order. That's good too. Yeah. Which is pretty strong. Um, I was looking at some of our heavy hitter actors like Robert De Niro. 
Yeah. Uh, De Niro has a good stretch run from 79 to 84. Like it starts with, uh, I believe, The Deer Hunter and it ends with <laughs> The King of Comedy. Um, mm. I was trying to fit in The Godfather with him, but like he just had a couple of movies in between that were just yeah. kind of stinkers. Um, women. Um, women was very hard to find for me. Uh, really? Yeah, because like a lot of them, like someone like Meryl Streep, just like good movie, good movie, <laughs> Inconsistent. crap. Like yeah. it's just like she has so many roles. Yeah. So she takes on too many roles pretty much is what I'm trying to say. But out of the women that I found, um, I found Emma Stone oh. starting in 2016 to current. Okay. Uh, she is currently like on a on a streak right now. So it starts at La La Land. Uh, then it continues into Battle of the Sexes, The Favorite, and Zombie Land Double Tap. I know that's only four. Yeah. But she has a couple of movies coming up, so maybe it continues from there. Uh, same thing with Rachel McAdams. Yes, she's on my list too. She has where, five. Where do you have? Where do you I have her? I started in 2015. Southpaw, yep. Spotlight, Doctor Strange, Disobedience, Game Night. That's that's the run that I have for her as well. Yeah. Uh, and let me see. I also have Rachel Vice from 2016 to now. Uh, Color me surprised. Color I su- did not think at all of Rachel Vice. So. This is where I started with her in 2016, uh, if this will ever open up for me. Uh, it starts off with the movie – why isn't it loading now? Okay, there we go. So it starts off with Delight Between Oceans, which is the lowest ranked of all these movies at 62%. So it's hovering. But then after that right. – Denial at 82%, My Cousin Rachel, The Mercy, Disobedience, The Favorite, all of them at least 74% and up. Mm-hmm. And coming up in May, she's going to be in the Black Widow movie, which right. most likely will have a positive rating, most likely. Um, before I get to my number one, this is the one that I want to throw out there. Catherine Hepburn. Okay. She had two different runs. Okay. And let me just list off the first run and then I'll lift off the second run. I'm going to list off because I haven't really seen any of these movies. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, Catherine Hepburn. Blah, blah. No, I I know <laughs> what movies <laughs> I've seen, what movies I haven't. Right. And so with Catherine Hepburn. So Catherine Hepburn, the first run Starts in 1937 and ends in 42, right? So it starts with Quality Street, 67%, pretty low. But then Stage Door, 95%. Bringing Up Baby, 93%. Holiday, 100%. The Philadelphia Story, 100%. Woman of the Year, 92%. That's from 37 to 42. And then she has a, then she has another run from 48 to 55 in 1948, State of the Union, 80%. Then Adam's Rib, 100%. The African Queen, 98%. Road mm. to Bali, 71%. Uh, then Pat and Mike, 90%. Summertime, 94%. Those are pretty good runs in terms of 
the the movie itself. Yeah. Those are pretty good runs. So I was pretty surprised to find that. But then again, a lot of those actors back in the time, I don't know if it's because so many critics love those older movies and maybe it's tainting it a little bit. I don't know. Right, right. It could be possible. But uh, this is my number one. Uh, Hold on. I have Ryan Gosling on here. You have... Oh, I, I didn't he think has, of He has five. It's not six, but it's five. Okay. He's start, starting in 2010 Blue Valentine, then Crazy Stupid Love, then Drive, then The Ides of March, then Seduced and Abandoned, and that's it because he's an executive producer on the next thing. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's not a bad, that's not a bad run. Those are all like basically 80% and above. Gotcha. Okay. So do you have any others? I do. I okay. have Joaquin Phoenix at five as well. Okay. Joaquin Phoenix at five. Starting in 2000, Gladiator, then The Yards, Quills, Buffalo Soldiers, and Signs. Okay. Not a bad run on that either. That's two years. That's Wow. That's two years? <laughs> yes. That's a two-year run. Wow. <laughs> that yeah. is a really good two-year run. Um, another one that I had uh, before I get to my top, I, I know I said that I have a top one, but... Uh, Jack Nicholson, there's a reason why so many people consider him one of our best actors. And it's because if you look at his run starting in 1969 and ending in 74, you have Easy Rider, 88%. On a clear day, you can see forever, 100%. Five Easy Pieces, 88%. Drive, he said, 62 Carnal Knowledge, 86 The King of Marvin Garden, 71 The Last Detail, 91 Chinatown, 99 uh, that's where it ends right there. And then uh, Profession Reporter, The Passenger, 90%. So, like, it's a pretty good run. But... For sure. Any others that you have? No, I don't have any others. All What's right. your number one? My number one. I'm just going to name the movies because you know who it is. <laughs> you, you asshole. It starts in 1992 and it runs all the way through 2002. So it's a 10-year run. Oh, God. A League of Their Own. Sleepless in Seattle. Philadelphia. <laughs> Forrest Gump. You Apollo rude. 13. Oh. Toy Story. That Thing You Do. Saving Private Ryan. You've Got Mail. Yeah. Toy Story 2. The Green Mile. <laughs> Castaway. Oh oh Road to God. Perdition. Catch oh. Me If You Can. Ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Mr. Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Like, not only is it a 10-year run. But is it a 10 sustained year yeah. run? Like, this is like quality stuff. Yes. Movies. Yes. I don't think there's a better one if you're listening yeah. to this episode and you can come up with a better run than that. Not just. And those are good movies. Exactly. Too, like subjectively. Exactly. Good subjectively good movies. Like, they're all positive, number one, on Rotten Tomatoes. And they're all viewed it positively by people who watch these movies. Mm -hmm. So. If you could come up with a better one, wow. I dare you to, mm -hmm. and send us that actor or actress on Always Critic Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I just want to see if you can even try to come up with one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is a challenge. So, wow. Uh, we well, there's more questions on the table, but we don't got time for them. No, we don't. But we'll save them, and we're going to add more questions. For and sure. Hey, if you're listening and you have just random movie questions that you would like for us to answer, send them to us and we'll 
keep them stored away for a future episode because we will be doing this again. I think I had a lot of fun <laughs> trying to answer some of these questions. So did I. I had a lot of fun. Well, that is it for this episode. I'm Rico. I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic Podcast. Always the Critic Podcast.